This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday slash Friday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainer and Enrique Alvarez Cleary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's it going, man? Eh, it's going. How are you? Good. We're uh, we're getting some things going here. We're uh, It was a little bit of a shorter commercial break, but we're here. We're ready to go. It's very short. Yeah. It's all good, though. We're ready to go. As always, 402 402- 464-5685, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Tar- Sarder Heyman text line. Both of those are open for you all hour long. Give us your thoughts um, on, on anything Nebraska and Iowa and Thanksgiving. Let's go ahead and do that as well because we, uh, we're we going to touch on everything. Erin Sorensen of Hale Varsity will join us as she does every Wednesday since it is Wednesday um, from Hale Varsity. She'll join us, talk about some Nebraska football, and we will um, get you guys ready for Huskers and Hawkeyes before one-on-one with DP begins at 3 o'clock. All right, Rico, I'm curious. I, I need to know your thoughts because I mentioned this at the end of the pregame with Tom and Buck. And I said that my family, they don't necessarily do a traditional Thanksgiving. We don't do turkey. It's not like we're, we're against it. We'll happily do it. But we don't do the turkey, green bean casserole. We don't do all that. We do stuff like a taco bar. So tomorrow, we are having a taco bar. Which is why when I walked in today, I said that I just got done making guacamole. Because I did for the taco bar tomorrow. So like, my, my parents are currently, or they were, making some chicken, like shredded chicken for... Chicken tacos. There's people bringing, I think, brisket and pork and and beef. People brings bring uh, tortillas. People are bringing shredded cheese, like everything. Do you do taco bar every Thanksgiving, or do you no. switch up? The... No, we switch it up. I think that's like I. Uh, is it's it weird. is it that weird? It's weird. Is it weird that it's tacos, or is it weird that it's just not Thanksgiving food? I think it's just weird that it's not Thanksgiving food. I don't know. Hmm. Like I like when I think of Thanksgiving, like you have all of the the food groups and yeah, some people have a couple of couple of things here and there that are different about what they have, but for the most part, everybody has, you know, turkey, maybe another meat, you know, you've got the the green bean casserole or something else, you know, potato salad, uh macaroni salad, uh you've got some pies, some potatoes, whichever way you want to make your potatoes. Like you you have like the staple of like you know, mm-hmm. not like a staple, but you have like a a, a, a footprint of the what typical. you're going to do for a Thanksgiving. And I, I mean, a taco bar is not that. Somebody asked if I'm from England because I do a taco bar. Oh uh, no, no, I think 
I think how it all started, why we do this stuff, is th- this is what my family does. So we rent out a cabin out at um somewhere. I can't remember. It's just a little bit west of, of the Lincoln. And we rent out a cabin, so there's tons of place for like the younger kids to like play football and stuff and play stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where we're such a big family that that way everybody just brings something. Which I guess you could do that with traditional food. Yeah. But I, I like I said, I, I'm genuinely curious if it's weird or if it's it's weird. If it's all right. No, I, I need to get weird. and like it, it's probably it, fine. And if but it's, it's weird, weird if it's weird to you, Rico, it's it's most definitely weird. Like it's just I don't know. It's fine and like you can do whatever you want. Like every family has their own oh, traditions. I'm, I'm not, whatever. Like you I'm, do you do you. I'm not I'm not saying my family. But not I weird. think I think there are going to be more people that think it's weird. Than than not okay and once again nothing against normal or traditional um, Thanksgiving food the Sanders just don't want to be normal look at me they're just do you built, think, they're do you, built different you're darn right we're having taco <laughs> bar tomorrow and and taco bar it's like taco bar carrot cake and do you at least have like is somebody bringing turkey you can put some turkey in your tacos no why nobody's bringing turkey. Also, unpopular opinion: Turkey's dry. Turkey is gross. Turkey's nasty. It's not. It's not unpopular. It's very popular. Okay, very popular opinion. I like. I will eat it because you know it's 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 part of it. Like I'll I'll get like a slice of turkey and I'll eat it, but I don't like turkey. Somebody says that Ryan says this seriously, Nick. I would have never guessed your family is that non-traditional. You seem like you come from a turkey and mashed potatoes family. He agrees with you, Rico. Wow, Ryan agrees with me. Nobody ever agrees Scott, with me. Scott says it's weird but cool. I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I was genuinely, genuinely curious. I mean, because what the reason I brought this up is because um, during the one o'clock hour, Tom and Bach and Mark were talking about their favorite Thanksgiving foods, mm-hmm. and I realized that I'll eat Thanksgiving food, but not at Thanksgiving time. Like green bean casserole, I'll eat it, but not during Thanksgiving. Cheesy potatoes, I just made a batch a couple weeks ago, not because of Thanksgiving, just because I wanted to make cheesy potatoes. Mm-hmm. I never have turkey because it's nasty. Ham. I, seems like there's a debate whether or not ham is a Thanksgiving food. It is. A I'll have ham. Food. I'll have ham every now and then. But it's holiday ham. It's not just like regular ham. There's a difference. Holiday ham is is different than regular ham. Oh, interesting. You can't All just right. have you can't just have ham. Somebody says this: if your turkey is dry, you didn't cook it right. How do you how do you cook? I've had juicy turkey. turkey. I just don't like turkey. Like I just don't care for turkey. Like it's it's just. It's just there. It's one of the more boring birds. Yeah. Okay. Ray says a multiple protein taco bar sounds amazing. You can have turkey and ham and pota- potatoes, 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 potatoes in a year. Bingo. Yeah, but you're not having turkey at your taco bar. You darn right, I'm not. <laughs> Brian says, um, Erske, Husker Howie, it's weird, but sign me up for the carrot cake. Yes, my mother's carrot cake is fantastic. Jesse. Um, if your turkey is dry, you didn't cook it. A lot right. of people saying that if the well, I mean, I get that if food if food is dry, you know, it's not cooked correctly. But still, Kidoba guy is saying trying to say that my mom it sucks at cooking turkey if the turkey's dry. My mom does not cook hey. the turkey. So Mama Sainter is a saint. She is a saint. <laughs> also, she is in charge of the. I so actually, we had to do a trial run this last week for the chicken tacos that she's making, and um. We basically it's in a crock pot, and I can give you guys the recipe. It's um, I think that no, it's it's, secret. It's rotel. It's shredded chicken. Um, There's a couple other things in there as well. Salsa maybe, 
And basically, it's in the crock pot. And one night last week, she's like, hey, just come over, have some tacos. Try try them out because I need to make sure that, that they taste good before we take them to a family thing. Yeah. And they were fantastic. So very easy recipe. I love crock pot, by the way. Crock pots are great. Um, Qdoba guy responds by saying, I'm not sure if I can trust her cooking. Her son eats peanut butter and jelly on hamburger buns. That's we are not, not her cooking. We are not getting into this again. That's not her cooking. That's just him being weird. Um, if you ate dry, tasteless turkey, you probably ate my mother-in-law's, says somebody. Says unnamed texture. Wow. Um, Shots fired. Frederick Frank says, I've heard of families ditching traditional Thanksgiving fare. Some do steaks or prime rib. We did prime rib at Christmas. Is there traditional Christmas food? No. I mean, I, I, my family doesn't even have, like, we have rice and, and ham and another form of pork that I don't know the English way of saying it. What's, um, what, what's the, what? Benil. Benil. Bernil. Bernil. You're not going to say it right. It's fine. It sounds like the uh, the Dwight Schrute Christmas thing. <laughs> it's not. It's not. That's we, we have we have rice. We have two different types of, of uh, ham. Well, not ham. Two different types of pork. Um, we have uh, like a seven-layer salad that my, my cousin makes. It's, okay. It's, I don't eat it because it's gross, but everybody else loves it. You know, we don't really have like the traditional Thanksgiving okay. meal either way but we always have the same thing for thanksgiving and christmas so yeah no i like people are saying that the cabin idea is really cool that my family does it's uh it's pretty cool scott says prime rib is the most traditional christmas food i know of interesting i did not know that i just always prime knew rib is delicious i just always knew that it was desserts at christmas that's which we'll talk about down down the road. We'll hit on that later. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. That's a, that was a lot of uh, engagement. I was not expecting. Uh, oh, Jesse does crab legs with Christmas. Okay, Jesse. Uh, I would like that. Look, look, no, no, Jesse. No, no. We no, don't that, need to I'm know how board. much money you make. All right. We <laughs> didn't. We don't. We don't need to know that you're rich and you're out here buying crab legs for and prime rib and prime rib. We also do prime rib okay. at Christmas along with crab legs. Okay, Jesse. Mr. Is there rich, cal- calamari there, yeah, Mister Rich Guy? What do you got? Caviar? Caviar. That's what that is. Oh, calamari also. Calamari? Yeah, like squid. Brian T says he's going to your house for Thanksgiving, Rico. It's not my house. It's my grandma's house. And she's is that in, Bellevue she's West? in Puerto Rico. No, oh. it's, it's in Omaha. It's in South Omaha. Okay. Uh, no, she's in Puerto Rico with my mom and my cousin. So we're, we're not going there for Thanksgiving. We're going to go to my in laws who make delicious food as well. Way up north? Yep. All right. Nice three hour jaunt. <laughs> it's a jaunt. <laughs> Uh, 402-464-5685, the Haunt of Lincoln Hotline, Sarder Heyman text line. Um, keep sending your thoughts in that. We'll, we'll get to them all today. Uh, I, I want to talk about Nebraska-Iowa, obviously, before we get to Aaron um, of Hale Varsity here at 2.30. But here's what I'll say. And I asked Rico this question uh, before the show, and, and he quickly kind of told me off but, <laughs> a little bit but here i, I want to pose this and i could very rico is probably correct but is this nebraska's best op- opportunity to beat iowa under scott frost now let me just walk through a couple scenarios before we hear before we hear rico's ex, uh, explanation but both sides are playing their backup quarterback so you have that obviously iowa probably in the running back room specifically because once again Surprise, it's another week of Nebraska football. Nobody knows what the running back room for Nebraska is going to look like. In Iowa, they still have Tyler Goodson. And then in terms of defense, Nebraska has a better defense than they've had any of the other three years under Scott Frost. And I'll kind of walk through how the the 2018, 2019, 2020 games went. 
2018, they lost 31-28. to Iowa won on a field goal that expired. Uh, in 2019, guess what? Keith Duncan, blue kisses to the Memorial Stadium crowd Disgust. in a 27-24 to win. Dedrick Mills had 94 yards. Adrian only had 50 yards passing in an interception. And then in 2020, Iowa beats Nebraska 26-20 to at home. Um, and Tyler Goodson had 111 yards in the game, 87 of those coming in the second half last season. Mm-hmm. And Connor Culp had a couple field goals. Ramir Johnson had a 12-yard run, I believe, um, and Adrian Martinez had a touchdown run as well. But that was the game 2020. Luke McCaffrey was the leading rusher for Nebraska, and Wandale Robinson was the leading receiver with nine catches and 75 yards. So I- I'm genuinely curious, is this Nebraska's best opportunity under Scott Frost to beat Iowa? Iowa comes in, I, I think they're 9-2. and two. Yes. That's their record, correct? Yes. Nine and two, number sixteen, in the haven't country. necessarily been that impressive as of late, especially with a backup quarterback in. Obviously, their defense, um, with with all the takeaways that they have, they're they're a top program in the country in terms of taking the football away from their opponent. Very opportunistic. That's impressive. But the I look at the backup quarterback thing, and and you can say what you want how Logan Smothers hasn't played, and and specifically, I mean, me and Rico talked about yesterday how. Logan hasn't been able to get in. We don't know what You're Logan right. is. But there is a way for Nebraska to script their offense to have it be beneficial and and look okay for Logan Smothers. There's a way, and it, it probably involves a lot of option. A lot of option. Make it simple. A lot of quarterback running. Which, Same thing we've said about Luke McCaffrey in the which years Which, if past. there's a lot of quarterback running, you might see Heinrich Harburg at some point during that game. I'm not saying, yeah. you know... You know, hopefully uh, there's no type of injury, but I'm just saying, you know, if your quarterback's running the ball a lot more than he's going to pass the ball, he's going to get roughed up and he might need to sit down for a little bit to kind of catch his bearings or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's especially when you're going up against a physical defense like Iowa or really any Big Ten defense. They're, they're extremely physical. They're very large and, and they're going to hit you. They're going to make sure you remember who hit you. So if your quarterback's running the ball a lot, as we've seen with Adrian, he has yet to finish a season playing every single game. So if you've got Logan Smothers in there who doesn't have that much experience getting into a game, and I know you know he played high school football, he knows how to take a hit, but mm-hmm. taking a hit from grown men in the Big Ten is a little bit different than taking hits from from high schoolers down in Louisiana uh, or in Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, yeah, he's Alabama Muscle Shoals. Um, but my thing with this is I don't I don't think this is their best chance to beat Iowa. I know that this Iowa squad is is kind of struggling offensively, and they they get most of their points and most of their offensive production coming off of turnovers and very, very short fields against teams that they play. Mm-hmm. But their running attack is still pretty solid. You know, statistically, Nebraska has a better running game than Iowa, but that is mostly Adrian Martinez, who, as we know, is not going to be playing in this game. And as you said earlier, we still don't know the running back situation for Nebraska. Iowa has Tyler Goodson. He's a solid running back. You know what you're going to get with Tyler Goodson, so they're going to turn around. They're going to hand it off to him. They're going to let their offensive line you know, dictate what they do during that game. They have a backup quarterback. Uh, we're, we're not really sure exactly what they're going to do with him, but their leading receiver is a tight end, and you've seen how Nebraska Surprise. struggles. You've seen how Nebraska struggles covering tight ends. Yeah. If, and if you don't, just go back and watch the Michigan game. Anytime Michigan needed five, six, you know, eight yards – they would just dump it off to the to the tight end underneath, and and he'd just rumble ahead for about ten yards. So 
Nebraska struggled covering tight ends this year. That is what Iowa is the best at, is running the ball and tight ends. And I know Nebraska has had a solid rush defense for at least the first half of the season. But you've seen against Purdue, against Minnesota. Minnesota without, you know, Mo Ibrahim, who is coming back next year. Yeah. Whatever. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Torn Achilles. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota, who who didn't have their best running back. Uh, Purdue, who is not known for running the ball, uh, mm-hmm. kind of ran all over this defense. I know they didn't gain a lot of yards, but it just seemed like anytime they needed some yardage, they could turn around, hand it off to their running back, and get something. And then you saw what Wisconsin just did to Nebraska's defense. I know everybody wants to say, oh, they're better than that, and they know they're better than that. But <laughs> you just got torched by a 17-year-old a, a, fr- a true freshman in Wisconsin. Iowa's got some big boys up front that can also block, and Tyler Goodson is more experienced than than Braylon Allen. So that's just something else you're going to have to look forward to. And it's, I mean, you've had so many opportunities to to beat Iowa in these last two years, where it was just it came down to one or two, you know, small plays, you know, a, a turnover here, uh, a missed block, a, a penalty here, and then Iowa wins the game with a field goal. But this year, with your backup quarterback, where you know, you know, the coaching staff knows how good he can play. They've seen it in practice, mm-hmm. but you know, they've talked about how good people play in, or how people practice uh, very well before, and then it doesn't really show up on the field. So, from our perspective, we have no idea what Logan Smothers is going to do. We have no idea how he's going to look. We've seen him in garbage time, but that doesn't really, you know, that's not going to really lead up to anything. Well, it's been garbage time for a brief moment. Yeah, it's they, barely it's barely like you you saw him against what Fordham and you saw him against Buffalo for a very small amount of time well, and then Buffalo you got, you know, all the quarter or Fordham you got all the quarterbacks in. So you didn't even get to see him that long. Michigan State, you saw him for a series where he was moving the ball pretty well, but then Adrian Martinez came back in the game after fixing his jaw. Yeah. <laughs> Which think about that. Like that's You've had so many opportunities to get Logan Smothers into a game and you haven't done that. So I I'm not going to Put all of my eggs into the, you know, Logan Smothers is going to lead this team to a victory against Iowa mm-hmm. uh, basket just yet. But if the defense can play the way that they did for the first half of the season, uh, they they have a pretty good chance. But I still I don't believe this is the best chance that they've had under Scott Frost. 402-464-5685. Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Starter him and text line. Both those are open for you. Kool-Aid Man says, remember, a guy with a good shoulder probably can do better than a guy with a hurt shoulder. Now that's an inter- like that's what that's what's so fascinating about how this season played out because Nebraska Rico just mentioned it. We've seen Logan Smothers in garbage time or in very short amounts of time, whether that be I, I want to talk specifically about the Michigan State game. And we can even say about the the Purdue game, which we've talked about um many times before about how with four interceptions he was still your best chance to win and that's how they felt but then also like Michigan State think about that is they they it was at the end of the first half yes so they had half time to kind of sit on it and and think about what they wanted to do what their next move was but Michigan State was not necessarily playing well that game Nebraska was not necessarily playing all that well against Michigan State um, it was more of a defense. It was Nebraska relying on their defense. It's mm-hmm. been the same. Once again, you talk about the same story, and it's Nebraska relying on their defense, something that they're going to have to do this Friday because you don't – like 20 points seems to be a lot of points for Nebraska to score this Friday. Yes. At, like Iowa's defense is solid. Nebraska's defense is pretty solid. Uh, Iowa's defense – or Iowa's offense is worse than this Nebraska offense. It is. 
but they they have an identity. We've talked about this many times before. They have an identity. They know what they're going to do. Nebraska didn't have an identity with a four-year starting quarterback, so now you've got a backup who's barely seen the field. I have no idea what's going to happen with this team. It's it's wild. Um, just just to think about how uh, Nebraska, how their season has kind of un, unfolded there um, as well. All right, let's get to more of your text. The chances of Smothers leading the Huskers to a victory are slim to none. Now maybe if he had gotten more playing time, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. I want to I want to say this. I hope that if Nebraska wins on Friday, I do not want the the conversation to be on Friday afternoon. Oh wow, I wonder how many games Nebraska could have won if they would have just put Logan Smothers in. We we cannot yeah, do, we can, we cannot have that conversation yeah, because that. we if you remember correctly at the beginning of this year there was a small group that said Adrian Martinez needs to be benched. Uh, Adrian Martinez needs to be benched, but um, I, I lost my train of thought there. But then there was a bigger group that was Adrian Martinez is the only reason Nebraska's in any of these games, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. I went through the uh, let me pull up pull up my my little spreadsheet here for the I should have kept this going throughout the whole year <laughs> of Adrian Martinez stats. If I mean there was think about after the Illinois game and after the Fordham game, these are the two games that I went snap by snap for offensively for Nebraska through. And I was telling you guys about how Adrian specifically, individually, played extremely well. Because this was when everybody was calling for him to be benched. And so, I mean, versus Illinois, he had the, the offensive line was atrocious. I'm looking at this. Scrambles because of pressure, eight of them. He, he finished the game, um, let's see, eight of 11, 21, 13, 16 of 28, it looks like, if, by my quick math here. 16 of 28, three of them were throwaways intentionally, and he had he was scrambled out of the pocket eight times, and one of those times he scored on a 75-yard touchdown run, if you remember that. It's a nice run. And three of those incompletions also came in desperation time the, on the last drive of the game. Like, I, I do not want this conversation on Friday afternoon to be, oh, I wish, you know, maybe the staff needed to put Logan Smothers in right after Illinois and this 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 season would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. And I mean we kind of get that on the, like we absolutely should have that conversation. Adrian's mistakes were absurd. What if Smothers plays a clean smart game? That is that is good, but also what if he's worse? Also, no, no, no. We don't I, like the thing is we we don't know either side of the coin. We don't know if Logan Smothers would have got in if he would have played better than Adrian. We don't know if he would have gotten if he would have played worse than Adrian, they would have had to bring Adrian right back into the game. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Here's here's my reasoning for that. Now there's also the other side and and I'm getting some some flack on the text line because of that. There were situations where Frost should have put Logan Smothers in to have an opportunity. But at the end of the day, this season what we know and what we've heard, not only from the staff saying that and, and what they've done, is that Adrian gave Nebraska the best chance to win. Mm-hmm. However, and, and and they're saying this, flip that, Nick, if Smothers does win the game, there's going to be a lot of questions for Frost. Why doesn't he give more Smothers more chances to play? You're absolutely correct. Absolutely right. About how there were there should have been times, and I've said it so along or so so many times, that there were there were many opportunities that Frost whether he he should have or could have put Logan Smothers in at quarterback. And that's just interesting. I I just don't want 
that it to, to be, be the only the thing only conversation. conversation. Like we, if, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it. Like if Logan wins the game, I don't want the the only question that people are asking are you know well why didn't you put him in earlier in the mm-hmm. season? Why didn't you put him in against Purdue? Why didn't you put him in you know against uh, uh, Michigan State for longer after Adrian broke his jaw? Which is a legitimate question. Dude broke his jaw and you still didn't have faith in your backup quarterback. Yeah. But you know I don't want that to be the only question. That could be a question that we we will ask. I don't you know we're not. We're not deserved answers to any of these questions, but we will ask the question. People will ask the question, but that shouldn't be the only question that that mm-hmm. will be asked. If if Logan Smothers leads Nebraska to a win against Iowa, yeah, that that might be a good place to start with Aaron Sorensen. But before we get to that, I, w- I want to mention this. So Muchachos, Nick, our good be- our good buddy at Muchachos, he uh, he's letting us know that he's going to give away two Thanksgiving dinners. So if you can think of somebody that um, needs a Thanksgiving dinner, uh, courtesy of, of our good friend Nick at Muchachos, let us know on the text line. Feel free to call in. You can talk about the person. It can remain anonymous. If you want to call in and remain anonymous but still talk about it, please do. Mm-hmm. That is, that's, that's super cool. You can, so we'll, you can we'll, we'll have text you, it in. Yeah, text it in. We'll have you call in in the final segment. You can DM we have to, the 93.7 The Ticket Twitter. You could DM Nick mm-hmm. or myself and, and you know remain anonymous if you would like to. You can put your name onto it. Yeah. You know, whatever. And then we are also giving away a $50 uh, gift card to Canopy Street Market to help people out with their Thanksgiving dinner as well. So please, there's there's plenty of opportunities to put a smile on some, some uh, good people's face that might just not... Uh, have an opportunity to have the best Thanksgiving possible. So let we us know. We do have somebody. 402-464-5685. Um, Starter Heyman text line, Honda Lincoln Hotline. We will uh, do all that, and we'll talk to Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity next on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.